Welcome to church. Stand with us. Let's worship together. flows there is a fountain that drowns sorrows there is an ocean deeper than fear the tide is rising rising there is a current stirring deep inside it's overflowing from the heart of god the flood of heaven crashing over us the tide is rising rising
yours this morning. God, you've rescued us. You've saved us. God, and yet, despite anything that we might have done, anything we've carried into this place this morning, God, still you choose to call us yours. We thank you for your love. Come on, every voice, let's sing this together today. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Oh, he's Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Come on, from the bottom of your heart, let's sing this morning. He's holy. Holy, there is no one like. There is none beside you, open 
let's lift up a shout of praise this morning. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your love. God, the firm foundation. God, if we choose to build our life on you, everything else falls into place. God, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. We choose to praise you this morning. We give you our highest and our best praise. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, who's excited to be at church today? Man, there's some great people around you. Why don't you step out from your seat? Welcome somebody to church today. What an amazing weekend. Hey, if you helped us build bikes, would you stand up, please? If you helped us build the bikes. Come on, shout it out for these people. Such a fun day. Such an awesome time. And it is going to prove to make such a difference. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Are you ready for a great week? It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, a few years back when we started Night to Shine, it was overwhelming in the immediate impact of it. And then we said, how could we do more? And we said, let's start a ministry for those with special needs that would offer the appropriate class for them on a Sunday, effective ministry. So you invested, and it was tens of thousands of dollars to get the rooms really prepared so that the environment would be right. Then we built the leadership team. And so this ministry has been going out for a couple of years. And I have looked forward to the day where I could say, I want you to welcome all of our champions. Today is that day. Would you welcome our champions today? Hey, before you're seated, you see the leaders in these champion shirts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Grace. Grace Darris was willing to assume the responsibility of helping us get the rooms done, get the team built, cast the vision for it. You're doing an awesome job. I love you, Grace. You can be seated for a minute. I, I want to visit for a bit. Hey, can you, Christian, come out here? This is Christian. And Grace said that Christian has like been living for the day that I would invite him onto the platform. So everybody, this is Christian right here. I love you, buddy. Are you excited to be here? Are you really excited? Yeah. Say hi to everybody. Hi. We love you. We love you. Wow. All right. You're the best. Hey, let's do this. I Come introduce every one of them. Everybody should know who they are. All right. This is Jordan. And then we have, oh, you're going to cheer for everyone. All right. Then Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And then Christian. Christian. 
And then Tyler. And then we've got Zane. And big brother Evan. And Jesse. And last we have Ethan. Just for uh, a, a testimony, these guys and their family, a family of nine, they were here for Joyride last year, received bicycles, were overwhelmed by the love poured out, started coming to our church, and also our church has Champions Ministry, so they've been coming ever since, and yesterday they built bikes for those that are coming this year. Come on! This is incredible. All right. So here's what I want us to do. I pray for every one of you, and I, I pray the chorus of the song that's being played right now. And all of us are going to sing this over you, but you can sing it too. And will you please play the tambourine while we're singing? Nehemiah, you ready to go? You ready, Christian? Can you do it? You ready? They're ready. Stand up, everybody. Garrison, let's do this. Sing it with all of your heart. being here jesse you're so awesome i love you say hi to everybody hello tell everybody how old you are 21 21 i love you how old are you four four yes okay will you promise to come back very soon christian will you come back really soon will you come back out here really soon yeah all right we love you so much. Thank you for coming today.
Wow. We could just end right there. Amen. That's so awesome. So when we started Night to Shine, it was the, it's unlike anything we'd ever done. No idea of the impact it would make. And seeing the overwhelming response, even in year one, uh, you know, just stirred us that we could build something like this. And thank you for investing. If this stirs your heart and you say, I have to be a part of that ministry team, we need you. Here's the reason. We're going to push up to 700 guests. Those with special needs, 700 will be in attendance at Night to Shine in February. Isn't that amazing? From the first year of not knowing what would happen to now pushing towards seven. And that's only because we're limited in space. Uh, it's overwhelming the, the excitement and interest that there is in this event. So we will be at the Marriott on 71st and Lewis. There's one room where all of the parents come for a great dinner just for them. So what we say to them is if you don't have a church, we would love to help you, serve you, and we are prepared. Our rooms and our team can really serve you well so you can come to church. We're expecting this ministry to keep growing. So let's be a part of the team. Night to Shine is one of the most amazing things we do, and that one night costs just over 50000 and never do we say, that's a lot of money. We say, what an amazing opportunity to give people an experience maybe unlike they would ever have otherwise. That was what God put in the heart of Tim Tebow. And so we've just said, thank you for letting us partner with you and you make it happen. As the ushers come today, our neighbors and nations giving above the tide will help us to do night to shine. I need this to be the greatest we've ever done. I know you see the influence of it. And so you're ready to respond. Thank you. And on this week of Thanksgiving, let's be so grateful to God that we're part of his kingdom and we get to reach other people. I'll pray. And then we'll show you a highlight from last year's night to shine. Jesus, Thank you for a church of vision. When we started this event, we didn't know what the result would be. I thank you for a church that doesn't have to see it to believe it. Vision is about believing in something before you see it. Here we are now uh, with 700 guests signing up, an amazing community-wide event. And we thank you that we can be the church that does this. Thank you for a church that will invest generously and sacrificially. I praise you for every person that will be on the team. I praise you for every resource that will be brought in. We do it to serve you and serve others. So bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first year, we had 320 guests. Our second year, we had 600. As of right now, we have 670 guests this year, so incredible. And the reason is the heart behind it. It's not about us, 
It's about giving of ourselves, sacrificing so that we can make our guests feel amazing. This isn't just a Tulsa thing. This is certainly not an assembly of Broken Arrow thing. This has just become a worldwide movement. Our prayer is that every one of our guests would feel God's love, that they would feel beautiful and celebrated and important and special for the right reasons. I actually have a surprise for you guys. I have one more person who would like to say thank you today. So give it up for Tim Tebow. Honestly, I just wanted to come here and say thank you for everything that y'all have done. You'll get to meet a lot of kings and queens tonight and celebrate them. There'll be so many people that were impacted here tonight that you'll never know their story until one day you get to heaven. You're going to be able to meet them and you're going to be able to see the significance of what you've done. We get to celebrate those people and instead of having them as outcasts, we get to have 100,000 of them be crowned king and queen tonight and that's pretty special. children with special needs got the VIP treatment as part of the Night to Shine event and it gives an unforgettable prom night experience to kids ages 14 and older. You can just tell that there's hope lifted and that they just really sense that people see them and notice who they are. All of the guests are treated like stars. There are limousines, a full red carpet and paparazzi. More than 540 churches worldwide take part in this event every year. There are 240,000 churches in the U.S. If we could get them to start doing what you guys are doing, imagine the difference that we could make. We're actually truly not just talking about it, but we're living it because we're showing it. And we're not just saying love, we're choosing to live it out with our actions every day and show that to people that wouldn't be invited on red carpets, but we're throwing the biggest, best bash in the city for them because that's how God looks at them. Because those are truly our kings and queens. Thank you for your investment, and please be on the team, and there is a place for you. No matter who you are, and if in any way you're wondering, how could I serve, there is a place, and it will overwhelm you in all the best ways to be a part of that. Thank you for paying for it. That We don't have a grant. We don't have any other source to pay for this event but your spirit of generosity. And the reason I want you to see things like that is because that's the result. The reason I bring the champions out is because ministry is happening. Now beyond just once a year, but every Sunday. So thank you for being a church that doesn't have to see it to believe it. When we started Joyride, we had no idea what the response would really be. We just believed that God could use it. And now look at what God is doing. Give yourselves a hand for being such an amazing church. These are some non-traditional ways, non-conventional ways or unconventional ways to connect with people with the purpose of sharing the love of Jesus. This day is reserved to 
make sure we're inspired and challenged to think this way. We cannot keep doing what we've always done. We have to be sensitive to the spirit who understands culture better than any of us and find those ways to gain access. There are times when the door closes and you have to go through the roof like they did in Mark chapter 2. That's the passage today. If you want to turn there, it's Mark chapter 2 starting at verse 1. And I pray that the, the impact of this passage will leave us thinking uh, in ways that I know the Lord wants us to think. Uh, we are already seeing the result of, the, of this kind of thinking in heart. But it, let's keep growing in this. Let, let's be the church that will take a risk. Let's be the church that will not take no for an answer. If we're denied access in one route, we'll find another route. Because the bottom line is, we're going to get people to Jesus. Now, uh, let it's, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, let's just preach this house down today, together. Let's just get so engaged in the gospel and so engaged with what the Spirit is saying that we uh, are riveted by the word and by the work of the Spirit today. So engage with your heart, uh, shout me down, and, and let's have a culture of engagement. We aren't bored around here. We don't believe Jesus is boring. We don't believe church is boring. We believe it's the, it, the adventure of life. I'm speaking to the choir, right? Like you already know this and you agree with, so let's give the Lord a shout today. Let's have church. Let's have church. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was, uh, was lying on. Can you imagine what it's like for Jesus? He's teaching, stuff starts kind of falling as they are creating access. I, I would have loved to have been in church on that day. So let's keep going. When Jesus saw their faith, and I love that, not the faith of the man on the map, but the faith of a faith-filled church, a vision-filled church. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? This group misses God who's standing right in front of them. Mm. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say this to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. So this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. I want to look at two groups. Then I want to look at Jesus. 
and I want to talk about the mat. This first group was the group that Jesus had to talk to. And so he said to them, why are you thinking that way? Why is this in your heart? We want to be very careful to never be them. We're not opposed to good questions and honest discussion. But this is a group that has a bias toward discussion rather than action. This is a group that will always count the cost and they end up saying the cost of action is too high and they settle with the cost of doing nothing. They come in with it's too much and it's too messy. It's too hard. If these people would have been trying to do anything effective when they found the house full, they would have turned and gone home. So I just want to say this from the outset. We will never be them. Thank you for not being them. Thank you for not looking like, thinking like, acting like them. Because this is the group that just wants to point out why it can't be done and why it shouldn't happen and why the cost is too high and the work is too hard. We will never be them. Let's talk about these four incredible people because they set the pace, set the example. They are who we want to be like. They are who you are like. They lead from love. They lead from the heart. In that context, they are so impressive because you would not just decide, hey, let's, let's, we see this guy here, let's try to get him to Jesus. They had a relationship. The culture demanded it. This guy on the mat had such issues and with the cultural implications of his condition, he didn't have a lot of friends. This passage doesn't call them friends. We know they were friends because there wouldn't have been a connection otherwise. So these are people, they lead from the heart. They lead from love. They notice people and people groups that are down and out, hopeless and despairing. They are the ones that will say, let's get these people to Jesus. They are the ones that say, let's build some bikes. Let's host a prom. Let's help some veterans. They are the ones who say, we will give, we will serve, we're very serious about the Great Commission. That's who they are, and you are just like that. They, they, they never say it's too much. They never say it's too hard because they know that miracles never happen in comfort zones. They understand that what is always part of a miracle is sacrifice. Sacrifice. They know if you don't risk, 
You can't do what God has called because it requires faith. It requires a step to the unknown. Hey, we can't get him to Jesus. What are we going to do? I know this is unconventional and non-traditional, but let's rip the roof off and get this man to Jesus. That's what they do. They never say it's too messy. And here's the difference between this group and them. The, the group that's part of them, they have forgotten that one day they had a mat. They have forgotten that one day they had made a mess of their one and only life. The fellowship of the mat, they never forget where they came from. They never forget that someone got them to Jesus. They never forget that someone loved them enough, that loved them in spite of where they were, in spite of who they were, and in spite of how they got there, they loved them enough to say, we will do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. May we never forget that one day we had a huge mess in our lives and we were on a mat, but God who's rich in mercy, come on, who's rich in mercy has made us alive. He's made us alive, he's changed us. Come on, celebrate Jesus. He's changed us, forgiven us, set us free, made us a testimony of his grace. That's who they are. So they take this non-traditional approach. I have some incredible friends here that so represent what I'm talking about. Would you welcome Dustin Bartholo as he comes to the platform? Love you, Dustin. I've known Dustin for many years now. Dustin uh, grew up in Memphis, and in 1999, he went to Bible college. I mean, 1997. And while in Springfield, Missouri, fulfilling the, that path of preparation with the call on his life to be a missionary, uh, things are going so well. He ends up getting married, goes back for his second year of college, and 30 days after his wedding, and right at the beginning of that next year of college, Dustin was diagnosed with leukemia. He was so weak, they had to uh, prepare a vehicle in a very special way to get him back to Memphis, where he was put in the care of St. Jude. For two and a half years, he took intense treatment with a team of doctors trying to figure out how to get him beyond this. After two and a half years, that team of doctors says, you're in remission. He immediately went right back to college. And in 2002, finished his degree, and by the end of that year, received his first assignment, and he and his wife, Natalie, took off out of the country as missionaries. I appreciate that determination. St. Jude will not declare that you're cancer-free until 10 years of no problems. So he went back a couple of times every year for a battery of tests, and in 2009, his team of doctors said, this, this is so unusual but you are cancer-free. So cool, isn't it? And so, here we are going into 2019. It's almost been 20 years. And if you ever wonder, can God do a miracle? He's standing right here. What God has done in his life, it's just created such a passion. You, you talk about, I'm talking about who they are. He and his wife and their four kids, ages now 10 to 16, 
they just left all the comfort zone of this country. Uh, one place he serves is all Muslim. The other place is all Buddhist. You can't go the conventional route. And so he is like Mark chapter two. He's finding those non-traditional points of access. Uh, the king of one of these areas he has connected with and in just trying to figure out how to, to, to attract people, the king said, we need a basketball court for our youth. And so he said, I'll do that. He got the funds raised, built the basketball court. He is now finding spirit-filled coaches that'll go in as a coach. And through the relationships, the gospel is being shared. Another place, there is this restaurant. It's the, the most popular of this given island. And, but yet the island is 100 Muslim. He has made a connection. He found a spirit-filled chef. And that chef is now the chef of that restaurant. And they're building relationships. People are getting saved. When the devil closes the door, just go through the roof. Thank you for being that kind of person. We celebrate you today. Would you welcome Ben and Katie Robertson as they come to the platform? These are champions right here. They're awesome. I watched Ben and Katie grow up as the pastor there in Memphis. I watched their devotion to God as, as teenagers. Katie is the sister of our children's pastor, Becky Fagan. Her mom, Katie's mom, was on our staff. And so I, I've been right up close to their journey of loving Jesus and giving themselves. They now, along with their two precious children, live in Mumbai. And it's 20 million people, uh, less than 1% Christian, 80% Buddhist, 20% Muslim. They do not allow missionaries. So back in the day, you would go in, preach night after night, gathering a crowd, people get saved, plant a church. They can't tell anybody what they're doing, what they're about. So the door was closed. But instead of saying, well, we'll just have to find another place, they said, no, we're going to find a different point of access. I am so honored to be standing on the platform with these spiritual giants who exemplify Mark chapter 2. You as a church support them every month. When you give to Neighbors and Nations, we are supporting missionaries who live in places of unreached people. So thank you, because it would be so much more comfortable if you lived here, but you go and your family goes, and we commit to you our prayers, we commit to you our support, and we commit to celebrating with you what God is doing in and through your life. Let's show some love. God bless you guys, love you so much. That's right, they're worthy. These are incredible leaders. So today is about those non-traditional ways of getting people to Jesus and making sure we're inspired to think that way. It's getting people, and here's the person I want to talk about, getting people to Jesus. When they lowered the man, Jesus first said, your sins are forgiven. That was a little interesting to the man on the mat because for him, his greatest need was just to get up and walk 
and be able to function in life. But see, Jesus knows our greatest need. You can go to heaven if you're fighting a physical sickness. You just can't go to heaven if your sins have never been forgiven. So he starts there, but notice he doesn't stop there because when we get people to Jesus, he has the power to deal with their iniquity and their infirmity. Get a shout ready. Jesus can forgive sins and set people free. Jesus didn't say your sins are forgiven and then say, hey guys, you need to make your way down and carry him back home. No, this guy was in the presence of the one who can forgive and bring healing. And Jesus says, now get up, but don't leave your mat here. And this guy walks out of church that day and everyone is amazed at what Jesus has done. Church should be the fellowship of the mat where we are passionate and committed to getting people to Jesus no matter what it takes and because they're in the presence of the one who can forgive and set free. When that happens, we're like, Jesus, you did it again. This is awesome. This is amazing. This is overwhelming. I am so thankful that we get to be a part of serving Jesus who's not distant or silent or out there somewhere. He's right in this house like he was then. And what he did then, he can do today. Young and old alike, get up off of that mat and live the life. You are created to live. That's the Jesus we're serving. Let's look at the map for a moment. This guy couldn't get himself to Jesus. He had to have those four friends. Those four friends, let me just kind of give them some, some personification. You got to have love. Paul talked to the church at Corinth. If you're wondering, these are people on the worship team coming around to do worship. Actually, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, so... Because the worship team, they're on a smoke break, so they're coming. <laughs> oh, my God. It's fellowship of the mat, people. Fellowship of the mat. So Paul said to the church at Corinth, and you are so empowered, but you're going to have to grow in your love. Because your gift doesn't connect you with people your love does. But then after your love connects you, it's your gift that's going to have influence to get them from where they are to where they need to be. So make sure you grow in your love. So that's where we get 1 Corinthians 13. We didn't get it for weddings, which it's great to use there. 1 Corinthians 13 was written to a church that had all the power, but they just needed to grow in their love because we never notice the person on the mat, and we certainly don't pick up the mat if we don't have enough love to notice and to sacrifice. Thank you for noticing foster children. Thank you for noticing special needs. Thank you for noticing veterans. Thank you for noticing students and children building a, a $5 million building just so we can minister to kids. Thank you for that. Thank you for having enough love to pick up the mat. But one person can't pick it up. So you have to have love and then you need some faith 
Because love is great at noticing, but faith has to believe that something can change. But then faith needs the support of hope because faith can get weak when you're bearing the burden to get people to Jesus. And so when the doors close and faith starts to waver, hope says, I don't know how, because hope really doesn't have any details. Hope just has hope. And, and so, so hope says, hey, we're not, we're not going to quit because this is going to change. I don't know how, I just know that it will change. And so hope injects that sense of momentum. And then the fourth person I would say is like determination. Determination says, it looks like we're gonna have to find a different way. Determination says, it's hard, but it's not too hard. See, the determination is we're gonna get this person to Jesus. Faith says, I'm there. Hope says, I'm all in. Love is like, I'll never give up till we get the man to Jesus. That's the church. It's the power of community to get someone to the feet of Jesus. See, if this becomes an event center where we just gather once a week to hear a talk, and we call that church, we missed it. This is just one little piece. It is a piece, it's a significant component. The Bible tells us to come together, but where we get people to Jesus is when we become the fellowship of the mat and we notice, we sacrifice, we pick them up because we have a bias toward action. We don't analyze and evaluate what got them on the mat. They're on the mat. Let's get them to Jesus. We don't evaluate if they deserve it. See, love will never say, well, look at the color of your skin. I got to move to somebody else. Love will never say, look at your ethnicity. Love will never say, look at your history. Love will say, you're a person for whom Christ died. I'm going to be found getting you to Jesus. Faith says, unlike them who doubt anything you try. When, with the leaders around me, when I said, let's start a special needs ministry, there are honest questions you have to answer. But they're like, okay, we, we've asked good questions. Now let's do it. This group that I'm calling them they ask questions in order to create and promote doubt and why it can't be done and why we should never pay that amount of money. Faith is the opposite of doubt. Faith, matter, this is kind of crazy, as faith, matter of fact, doesn't really care about the facts doesn't ignore the facts, but that group called them, they only look at the facts, which holds cost and exposure and liability and effort and you know what it's like to be, where it gets uncomfortable and messy if you get into that given ministry, whatever it would be. Faith never ignores the facts. 
but is able to elevate to the God who says, get them to me. And then hope is like, let's go. And determination is let's build the buildings. Let's start the campuses. Let's find partnerships with Mighty Oaks or Tim Tebow. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's, let's dig through the resistance until we have access to get people to Jesus. So as a result, Reed stood here last week, testified. 2014, sat in this place, a broken person. And we were not at that point capable of helping him but we were able to get him to help. And Mighty Oaks was our partnership that brought help. And so Matt, uh, Reed was standing here with his mat. Why did Jesus say to the guy, hey, don't forget the mat? Because the farther he got from that day and the longer uh, away from that, he would be with people that weren't there. And Jesus said, I don't want you to ever forget where you were and who you were. And I want you to always share your testimony. The mat said, I'm not who I used to be. So Reed stood here and said, because of the fellowship of the mat, this church in Mighty Oaks, I'm not who I used to be. And now he leads our ministry to veterans every week. Let's do Joyride. But look at the cost, look at the effort, man. It's a labor intensive deal. And it's like, you turn it into fun. It doesn't even feel like work because that's what they do. That's what they do. And so here's a sweet family right over here that one year ago just received and now in our church and now building bikes, testimony, testimony. I said last week, we've got to help our students. This pornographic influence that's focused on the next generation, we have to do something about it. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar said, look, when you hear the sound, bow to the image. And he was destroying people through sounds and images. In our culture, the same thing is happening through sounds and images. Sounds are the triggers that take you back to images you've seen, that create new pathways in your brain, alter your brain and dysfunction your life completely. It is a frontal assault on this next generation. And I said, okay, we're gonna do something. And in my heart is this dream to use sounds and images through a, a tool of technology that students would love and find really helpful, really valuable. I have no clue how to do the, the work to create that. And after I preached that sermon last Sunday, this guy walks up, he said, I build apps for a living. I can do everything you're saying, just turn me loose. See, if you wait till you get every I dotted and every T crossed, the day of opportunity will pass you by. When you cast vision and let the dream be turned loose. It's like it gets you in a river and as you flow, re everything you need to fulfill that vision begins to intersect with your life. The, the resources of intelligence and people and money and creativity. And I'm convinced by this time next year, 
we're going to release that tool. It, it could affect the world. And these students are going to build it because they know what they need. They know what's relevant. We can make sure it's sound and functional and biblical and truly helpful. And it's going to be awesome. We will, I want to tell you right now, I'll go to my grave trying to carry this next generation to the feet of Jesus. I will do it. I was so blessed. I was so blessed. And, and it's, I love everybody in all ages, but here's the deal. I'm in my 50s. I was blessed. My response should be, now give back. And we wanted the next generation to connect, but we got to talk to them. This whole vision that I, I led in 2013 that had a lot of tension to create the service we've had today where I watched all of these next-gen students down here passionately. Now they're leading the culture because we create sounds and images anointed of the Holy Spirit that is causing this next generation to be passionate for God passionate for Jesus and, and I'm going to be right down here in the middle I will, I will sell my bed to get some young person to Jesus to see their dream fulfilled to see them do what these young people are now doing we're not going to lose the world we're not going to lose the next generation Daniel's in a Nebuchadnezzar world. That's what we are about. Come on, stand and give God a praise. Put your hands together today. We are a church of vision. We are a church that will take the non-traditional route to get people to Jesus. With your eyes closed, first challenge, I want to be your they. Would you like to join me in being the fellowship of the mat. That means I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take my place. I'm gonna do some lifting and working and serving and giving. I will be somebody who understands it takes a community to get people to Jesus. You wanna be somebody's they, never them, somebody's they. Would you raise your hand right now? Thank you. Thank you. Secondly, if you'd say, today, I'm stuck. I'm on the mat. I'm down and I'm out. And I need help. Would you please let us help you? Would you please let us introduce you to Jesus? Would you please follow what you know about yourself with a surrender to him? If that is you, would you just lift your hands and ask me, I'm stuck, I need help, I need it today. Anybody, anybody. If you wanna be used of God, if you wanna dream God-sized dreams, you wanna be a part of something revolutionary, you wanna be a part of something that is so intriguing, and influential as we sing this. You're invited to come. 
We are the fellowship of the mat. Think about veterans, people with special needs, foster children, the next generation. Think about families. Who is God putting on your heart? Will you be the fellowship of the mat? The answer is yet. Yes, as they sing, I want you to come and we're just going to give ourselves in prayer to the Lord. Sing and you guys come. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and It. Just keep coming. Just keep keep responding today. in your love to those around us we will take action we will do anything we can you will empower us but we will give ourselves we will like Peter and John allow you by your spirit to flow in and through us to those who are in need like these four people Lord we will take our part do our part, take our position, do our share of bearing the burden so that others can find you. God, 
You're showing us in our heart the ways you want us to serve. I pray that this church would grow in love. We live in such an angry culture. I pray that we would be known for love. I pray that in a culture of doubt, we would be known for faith. I pray in a culture of despair, we would be known for hope. I pray in a culture that wants everything quick and easy, that we would be known for discipline, determination, sacrifice, perseverance. Oh God, we know you've given us a stewardship and we want to be trustworthy with the responsibility you have given us. Help us to love everybody we see, to stand strong against this culture that's trying to divide us. Lord, that everybody we like lock eyes with, we're looking at someone for whom you have died, rose again so that they could be redeemed. We all know John 3.16, but Lord, we're reminded that John 3.17, it's not your will that any would perish, any, but that all would come to repentance. So Lord, let it be in the DNA of this church, full of faith, hope, and love, serving, giving, going. This is like a holy moment. God is issuing a call to somebody. We are living in the day that if you don't assume a preaching pastoral ministry, you do realize that what you do could be the point of access. So remind us today, Lord, that we are all called. We are what's called the priesthood of believers. That means we all have access to you. We have all been given gifts, talent, a life, a testimony. And we turn it into ministry. Help us to think differently, to think creatively, to be innovative with how we influence those around us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you like Moses, it's like a burning bush experience for him. That was, he was being recalled. He just got off track. But the burning bush was God saying, I still have a plan for you. I still have a mission for you. And I am raising you up to be the deliverer of my people. Somebody's here today and you've wondered if you've wasted the opportunity. Let this be a recalling of your life. 
God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Receive that today. Be set free to believe that and walk in that. God has a plan. God will use your story. God will use your testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you have done today. And we leave this place challenged and inspired to be looking for those opportunities that are creative, doing whatever we have to do. We give you all the glory for what you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Happy Thanksgiving. I love you so much. Have the best week ever. You're dismissed.